thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet number 12. Would I do count the clock that tells the time, and see the brave day sunk in hideous night? When I behold the violet past prime, and sable curls all silvered over bright white, when lofty trees I see barren of leaves, which erst from heat did canopy the herd, and summer's green all girded up in sheaves, borne on the bier with white and bristly beard. Then of thy beauty do I question make, that thou amongst the wastes of time must go, since sweets and beauties do follow them, do themselves forsake, and die as fast as they see others grow. And nothing gainst, gainst time's scythe can make defence, save breathe, to brave him when it takes thee hence. Uh, that was sonnet number 12. I, I'm apologising again. That's four in a row I've had to apologise for, and I'm very, very sorry. It's, a, it's been a painkiller night, and, and it's muddled my tongue, is what I'm saying. But that's sonnet number 12 from Shakespeare's Sonnets. I'm Mark Chatterley. I am Thierry Healers. Uh, see, I, I, I didn't call you wonderful or talented that time. Um, I will never forgive you, you Mark. You never. Sorry. <laughs> um, this was sonnet number 12. I, I think at least the most interesting thing to me about this sonnet other than then it's quite hard to read um is that it's all one sentence um there's there's only one full stop which is right at the end um there's quite a few semicolons in there but it's quite i think that adds to the reason it's quite hard to read because there's no natural stopping point the 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 structure of the the poem doesn't lend itself to your brain being able to intuit where there's a a nice space for a breath coming up um at least that's going to be my excuse for for this so i i I take it you've never um read uh what's it called in english in in search of times lost marcel proust no that that guy is famous for just. I'm not sure how it is in English, but in French, his sentences go on for pages. He has entire chapters that are like one sentence. It's insane. Wow, that's that's a yeah, very good just, ability to write. It, it's just very annoying to read because then you have to go back several. You get to the end of the sentence, you go, I've completely forgotten what the subject of this phrase is. <laughs> it's like, what, where was the verb? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and in, in, in French, where the structure of French is slightly less predictable than English, I believe, isn't it? With subjects and objects and verbs? I, I, I'm going to defer to your knowledge on language here. I mean, they do have very fixed grammar rules, but yeah, with sub-clauses and that sort of stuff, it can get a bit complicated. It's worse in Latin, where you can put the, the most words anywhere in the sentence. The, the order doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy language. My my other half has studied it and and can translate bits and pieces of it, and I just look at it going, "That's crazy." I, I, I had to do it for four years in school, and it just yeah. See this this for listeners. This is why Tierra is doing this for me because he's intelligent. <laughs> not into, I just had the well, not luck or it is the coincidence of well, <laughs> just the school system I was put through. Is, is better than ours. Although ours is fairly good. On a worldwide scale, it's not it's not atrocious. Um, yeah, there's quite a few countries that are doing a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, sonnet number 12. Let's, let's, let's go back to sonnet number 12. This has got... I, I, I like... There's a, a nice couplet in here, which I, I really like, which is the, the last one. And nothing against time's scythe can make defence save breed to brave him when he takes thee hence. The idea that 
time scythe uh, is going to get us. It's going to kill us all. And nothing can stop it save breeding. Uh, and 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 it's quite funny when you misread this sonnet and then you get to the end like i did on one of my rehearsals and nothing against time scythe can make defense save bread and and you get utterly confused until you realize there's a double e in there and then realize it's breed um you imagine it's, someone it's, with it's a all the same it's all the same someone defending against time with a baguette is, is the image i had in my head um but i think that's a wonderful phrase and i, I it's one of the ones i think it's a shame we don't use more often. Nothing against time scythe can make defense safe breed. Um, but it does have that odd undertone of, of have children is the only way to stay alive. Um, everything else is worthless bar having children. Which I disagree with, but that's... Just it's sort of weird because, I mean, no one even knows if this other person existed, but Shakespeare's poetry and his plays have survived him by several centuries. Yeah. If they could find out who it was and then trace his, his line down and go, you are, because Shakespeare believed every male child would be the person, and go up to whoever it was nowadays and go, you are the person these summits are about, that would be quite a creepy thing to learn. That would be quite weird. And then you could trace Shakespeare's descendants and go, you wrote these creepy poems to this person. That would be very weird. That's freaks you out speech yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what do you feel about this poem yeah i'll let you i'll let you chat well i think what you notice first about this one is uh well time that pops up for the first time and then obviously you have 12 it's significant that it's 12 to 12 hours because we have in uh we're jumping quite far ahead now sonnet 16 wow that, yeah. uh, 660 sorry 60 is about time again okay and uh, that talks about minutes. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he does... Um, I'm not sure about the, whether there's other poems in it that go on about time in the same sort of 24 hours, 12 hours, 60 minutes sort of thing. But he does definitely create an image here that will pop out months or however far away we are from... Uh, <laughs> from 60. From 60, yeah. So yeah, it's, he's these haven't been randomly written and numbered then he's thought about the the sequence because he has actually that, thought yeah we had that question a couple of, of of podcasts ago when i was wondering whether they'd been put into sequence and numbered or whether he had put them into sequence and numbered so it looks like it's definitely shaped at, at least 12 and 60 from from what we know so far are definitely in those places because they belong there that's i quite like which that. From, from that i i guess we could extrapolate that the groupings sort of were decided by Shakespeare yes yeah I, I think that's probably a, um, a, the best way of looking at it. it it's more I don't know it seems more thoughtful if, it, if we think he's done it I think making more the genius that we, people consider him yes yes yeah exactly let's, let's attribute anything and everything to him um, why not um, the, the imagery of the 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 clock, the the way it's set out, at least the beginning of this is set out, is um, when I do count the clock, the tower's time, and see brave day sunk in the hideous night, when I behold the violet past prime, when lofty trees I see barren. It's all about inevitability or coming to the end. So the day has become night, the, the flower has become all gnarled and awful, the trees have lost all their leaves, all the things that make 
these things beautiful. The day is beautiful. The flowers are beautiful. The trees with leaves are beautiful. The beauty is being destroyed by time. Um, and that's go- again, it comes back to that's what's going to happen to this young lover. Time will destroy you. And that links into the, the bit at the end I like, because nothing can stop time. Time is inevitable. Not quite true, as we know through modern physics, but but we ignore that because Shakespeare didn't know that. Because it's it's quite far until the Einstein came along from uh, Shakespeare's point yeah. of view. Yeah, and it, we, he couldn't have anticipated. I mean, they barely had Newton figuring out the laws of physics around that sort of era. Yes, and it would be very odd to have nothing can stop time except for travelling very very fast, <laughs> and and that would be an odd way of Shakespeare might have put it slightly differently to that. It is. It isn't that um, negative, though. Not. I mean, not ever because he says, uh, uh, "Sweets and beauties do themselves forsake and die as fast as they see others grow." So it's not just that destruction that goes on. Is they're being replaced by new things. So, so the nature and the world and time they do go on. It just yeah. It, it leaves the old behind, and well, basically. The, the young person is becoming part of the old that's get left behind if he uh, doesn't that, hurry up and has children. And but that happens at the same speed. So if he leaves it all it, happens simultaneously. Yeah. So if yeah. he leaves it too late, he won't get to see his child grow into the reflection of his beauty. He he will miss it out. He, it needs to happen at a time where he can appreciate it as well. I guess. Yeah. Don't don't wait until you're 38 and then have a kid and die. Which would obviously cause other problems because then no one could provide for the child and well the mother, but there was the whole working and yeah, females didn't really have much, uh, many she rights. Go on the game and that was about it. Yeah, oh, such a wonderful society. Yeah, um, don't you wish we would still live in that? <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. So so death is in this poem again, and 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 nature. Um, I, I'm unsure whether the sweets in it. I'm not quite sure whether since sweets and beauties do themselves for say. So beauties I can understand in the wider context of beauties. Sweets does that have a wider context than as as I as as a slightly tubby modern day person see it as is just being yummy candy. I I'm guessing that's got a wider. I'm not context. sure if it's just candy. I would just I, I read it as generally just sweet things, just the sweet things you have in life. Nice things, which not nice things, yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean a bowl of chocolate. It could be. I mean, nice things could be a warm bed at the end of the night. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So sweet in its in its widest sense of, of yeah, yeah. Not not in the sort of gnarly nineteen nineties um, slang idea of that sweet uh, being gnarly and cool uh, and ace. But I would I would. Definitely not have read it as that. <laughs> Shakespeare well ahead of his time. Um, but yeah, sweet in the world. <laughs> an image of Shakespeare as a chav in my head. <laughs> it's well sweet, mate. As, 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 a, as a 1990s with the big medallion around his neck and a skateboard. I, I could see him pulling that. MC that. hammering away. Yeah, he could rock that look with the parachute pants. <laughs> Ah, oh, so I need someone. Someone needs to fa- to to Photoshop that image for me, please. Shakespeare <laughs> as a rapper from the nineties—that would be amazing. <laughs> it's a shame we don't have actual photos from the time. 
it would, it would be genius. Um, <laughs> there's um, interesting. I I did do a bit of reading because I, I I tend to tell people that I don't do reading for these, and I do a little bit, not not a lot, because I like the idea that these are more our, our interpretation of of something rather than an academic study of it. But interestingly, you've got the word um, beard in here, bristly beard. Um, I found out it wouldn't have been pronounced beard. It would have been pronounced more like bird. Bird? Bird. That's, that's weird. Uh, bristly bird. So then it rhymes then with herd. Um, well, that actually makes sense. Yeah. So, because I was, it, it was a stumbling block for me when I was reading it, at least, that, that the... The, the rhyme the rhyming structure didn't seem to work and seems to seem to go slightly wrong but this has um it, it does it's just it doesn't we don't read it in the same way nowadays so it's got a cool word but there 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 are there were less weird words there's one sentence in this that if you are or oh, one sentence it's all one sentence one line in this which is quite hard to read which is the fourth line and sable curls or silvered ur with white because there's there's that's where Shakespeare has um, tried to keep his iambic pentameter by dropping random letters as, as he is which, wanting which, to do. Which he does fairly often. He does. It's just a row. It's quite yeah. hard. Silvered, uh, with white. <laughs> uh, is a really good word. <laughs> but, um, yes. Sorry, I'm wittering on again. What, what do you think about... Well, I have uh, another here, just some notes I found saying that... Uh... And die as fast as they see others grow. Apparently, was inspired uh, inspired by uh, the Horatian poet Horace, the uh, Roman poet. Which oh, it's in Latin here. <laughs> this is where you can use your your. Spirit and inferox aetas at illi quos tibi dem serit upon at annos. Which obviously, I mean, as you would know. <laughs> yes, as as all English schoolchildren know. Oh, there is a translation here. Swiftly the seasons sweep past, and the years which are taken from you are given to her. Interesting. Which, which I actually prefer to Shakespeare's line. Yeah, so, so time is stealing from you, essentially. Pr- pretty much. But it's, it's sort of the Robin Hood thing. It, it's not keeping it for itself. It's just... Recycling. It's recycling. Yeah, it's it's being passed on. Your time on Earth is is running out, and it's it's being given to uh, to the next generation. Yes, and 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 you need to be part of that to 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 continue on. And, and I'm, I'm I'm I suppose I'm becoming sadder. These sonnets aren't working in the sense that it, it does instill this idea that that having children is a very laudable aim in life um which is which is an interesting i well in the modern world with with the population of the world hitting seven billion it's it's something that's that's quite i don't know to me i'm quite progressive in the sense that i i feel that the population increases is actually quite a dangerous thing at the moment for for humanity and and this I, I can see a time in the in the future in the next fifty hundred years where the opposite mentality will be around where it will be a trying to stop people having children for the sake of of, of humanity continuing on. So the idea of if we if we take the idea that this is a on uh, to become immortal yourself you have to have children 
will eventually become juxtaposed with modern society trying to make humanity immortal by stopping the individual becoming immortal if that makes any sense if you it, it, it my really, yeah yeah i can see i definitely it depends which way our society goes i mean there's quite a few studies that say we we have enough resources on earth to feed and let nine billion people live here yeah it's just the fact that we, we're throwing well the, the, i know that the eu i don't know about other uh, countries or uh Unions, they're throwing away truckloads of food every every month, every year, because they want to basically control the prices. Yeah. When you could just give that to poor people and and, and feed them, and then obviously you, you fifteen hundred years. That's hopefully by that time we will have colonized other uh, planets, or yeah. even if it's just the moon. So more more space for uh, for humans to uh, to breed and live. There's a, there's a very interesting book I've just finished. Um, spinning off completely from Shakespeare now, sorry. Um, I actually listened to the audiobook called News from Gardenia by uh, a person called Robert Llewellyn. Um, and the idea is that someone gets transported into the future and it's a, it's a look at a possible future for humanity, but it's a utopian future rather than a dystopian future, which makes it quite interesting. And the population of the world has dropped but everyone provides for themselves and it's quite a nice idea and that that solves the problem because like you say there is enough resources on this planet to look after everyone it's just not shared properly um but but will it ever if we live in this lovely capitalist society we've we've made some progress i mean women are allowed to vote gay people are allowed to get married as well, disgusting as that is. <laughs> yeah, kind of in this country. But, well, yeah, you're, you're allowed to be uh, civil civilised. We can become civilised. You you get married, we become civilised. I mean, we, we've, we've definitely come a long way. And if you say 1,500 years, that's... I mean, to think back 1,500, we... I mean, we, we still had the Crusades and slavery and yes. no universal suffrage. Just, 1,500 years is a long time. It's also a long time to fuck up everything. Yeah, and, and truly screw it all over. Um, so so I, I suppose from that point of view, the, these sonnets have a kind of uh, a melancholy uh, kind of aspect to them for me because I, I don't see having children as being hugely laudable, uh, as in I don't think it should be an achievement of your lifetime. Um, should definitely not be all over Facebook if you have a child. <laughs> That's a very modern problem. Uh, and so, yeah, so these sonnets, um, yeah, they, they grate with me slightly. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying going through them. Um, and, and I like the phrases, like, and nothing against time scythe can make defence save breed. I, it's a lovely idea that, that the only way to fight time is to, to pass it on. But I, I would like to take a slightly wider view than Shakespeare and... and anything that that helps humanity move forward i think has this same impact at least in my mind so producing something which entertains or moves science forward or moves your field forward even by the smallest amount is contributing in the same way that i think shakespeare is saying having a child here contributes and it's the moving forward of humanity it's the maintaining something that's beautiful I, I just see it in a slightly wider sense, I think. I think that is a very, well, 20th, 21st, or pretty much 21st century view. 
Shakespeare's time. I mean, they, it was after the Renaissance, obviously, and they discovered America. But but the idea of progress and moving forward wasn't. Really, it was more still about building empires and having power rather than pushing the the, the human race forward. And and the biblical laws of of go forth of, and multiply. Yeah, multiply. Yeah. Which which well, let's not go into into religion. Um, me and you both have strong opinions on that, which which we should save for another day. <laughs> we'll make a podcast about that. <laughs> that. Yeah, that I have like two viewers, but they really either agree with us or hate us. Um, yeah. Excellent. I shall I shall let you read uh, Sonnet 12 and then we shall bid goodbye to our, our lovely listeners. Sonnet 12. When I do count the clock that tells the time and see the brave day sunk in hideous night, when I behold the violet past prime and sable curls all silvered over white... I don't like the apostrophes. <laughs> and sable curls all silvered over with white, when lofty trees I see barren of leaves which erst from heat did canopy the earth, and summer's green all girded up in sheaves, Born on the beer with white and bristly beard. Then of thy beauty do I question make, That thou among the wastes of time must go, Since sweets and beauties do themselves forsake, And die as fast as they see others grow. And nothing against time scythe can make defence safe breed, To brave him when he takes thee hence. Excellent. Very strange to read, that one. <laughs> it is, it is a harder one to read. That was um, sonnet number 12. Uh, Shakespeare's sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley. I have been Thierry Hales. And and thank you very much for listening. We shall see you again for Sonnet 13. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hales. This has been an In-Ear Entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about In-Ear Entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.